time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, we're coming up on episode 100 on the Vintage Truth Podcast, and I want to give away something. I just, I got stuff here, and I want to give it away. So I want to give you something. I want to give you a chance to win a free book and some cool things like that. And and uh, the way to do that is to simply tell your friends about the Vintage Truth Podcast. Whether you do that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. I mean, everywhere, actually. That'd be great. And tag some friends. Tag at least three of your friends. And also tag me in the post. And that will make you eligible to enter the drawing for a free book. And I'll mail it to you. I'll sign it to you. And that type of thing. So anyway, it's all about telling God's people about stuff. And uniting the body of Christ over the good stuff. Over the good things. And I don't know anything better than God's word. So... Tell your friends about that. Also, if you'd like to help the Vintage Truth Podcast, for as little as $8 a month, go to jeffkinley.com, click on the Donate tab, and you can figure it out from there. It's very simple to do. And um, gosh, so many cool things are happening. This Prophecy Cruise that we're, we're putting together uh, that's ready to go, prophecyatsea.com, prophecyatsea.com. Go there. There's videos. There's all kinds of cool information of myself and four other dynamic speakers in this cruise next September the 6th through the 11th. It's going to be a blast. And uh, anyway, traveling around a lot these days. Uh, I'm going to got back from San Antonio, headed down to Houston. Then I'll be in uh, New Jersey. And after that, Myrtle Beach and then Oklahoma. And uh, just doing some really cool things, prophecy conferences and that type of thing. So excited. But hey, we're talking about uh, the, the spiritual roller coaster that so many of us find ourselves on at times. And we talked about three of the causes for the roller coaster experience that we often find ourselves in the middle of. And we, we talked about unrealistic commitments made to God and how that puts us on the roller coaster. We talked about unrealistic expectations about spiritual fruit and growth. And uh, I want to say a word about spiritual fruit before we move on. And uh, this is kind of a little side podcast, okay, if you will. But, you know, everybody wants to grow spiritually. And I meet Christians all the time. In fact, all the Christians that I meet are like this. They really want to grow spiritually, but they don't know what spiritual growth is all about. I want to share with you real quickly just a couple of principles from Scripture about spiritual growth. And here's the first one, is that uh, spiritual growth is more than just intellectual knowledge. All right? Now, if you've listened to me, if you've read my books, you know I am heavy on content, heavy on truth, heavy on theology, heavy on doctrine, I believe in truth. In fact, God does not change us unless he goes through our minds, okay? That's the way he made the human body. Truth comes to the mind and affects our spirit. Doesn't just happen without us knowing it. It has to come through our minds. We have to make a decision about it. But spiritual growth is more than just intellectual knowledge. 1 Corinthians 8, 1, Paul says that knowledge by itself makes us arrogant. So you can be very smart. You can, and believe me, I've trusted, I've met a lot of these people who think they know something and it just makes them cocky. But Paul says, but love edifies. So if, if all that you're seeking is just knowledge, you're just writing stuff in a notebook and it never really changes our lives or makes a difference, then eh, you're not growing spiritually. 
Another thing about spiritual growth is it's more than just religious talk. You know, some people who talk the most are growing the least. Not all the people, right? But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, you're saying that not everybody that actually calls you Lord in this day and time will actually go to heaven? That's exactly right. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, many will say, to, oh, the second part of the verse, I'm sorry. It says, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then he says, many will say to me on that day. What is that day? That's the day of judgment. Lord, Lord, well, there they are calling Lord again. Did we not prophesy in your name? So some people who are making these prophecies are not going to heaven. That's a shock, isn't it? Because they're supposedly speaking for God. And he goes on to say, didn't we not in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? You know, there are people who walk around today who think just saying in the name of Jesus is some sort of magical incantation, you know, some sort of abracadabra kind of thing that we get to do. I, I just, in the name of Jesus, I claim this or that. What do you mean in the name of Jesus you claim that? What is that? Jesus like a lottery ticket? Is his name like a lottery, some magic deal that you just wave over a situation and you get to claim it? I don't see that in the scripture. That's not what that means. To pray in Jesus' name does not mean that it's, it's some hocus-pocus kind of voodoo ritual that we do. Anyway, but some people think that, and they're going to be casting out demons, making prophecies, and performing many miracles, but they're not going to heaven. Jesus says in verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And lawlessness means to live a life outside of the parameters of what God says. Obviously, God never said to walk around and do these things as some sort of magical potion. Anyway, spiritual growth is more than just religious talk. Spiritual growth is also a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. We talked a little bit about that in the last podcast. But over in Philippians, in chapter 3 and verse 12, listen to what Paul wrote to the Philippian believers. He says, not that I've already obtained it. He's talking about this whole, you know, perfection, you know, in Christ. He says, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say again, I, I, listen, I'm not there yet, he says in the very next verse, but I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So here is the Apostle Paul, past his conversion, past his seminary training with Jesus, past his missionary experiences, past his apostleship, past his already writing scriptures to letter, letters to, to churches, and he's still not there. He's still not there. He's still growing. If you stop growing spiritually, 
then you know for sure that you you've stagnated in your walk with God. So spiritual growth is a lifelong process. Never, ever, ever stop growing or learning. There's always more stuff. There's more than a lifetime to learn about God, okay? There's more than a lifetime in Scripture. That's why, you know, people say, oh, I've read the Bible. As if, okay, now they've conquered it, they've memorized it, they know everything in there, and they're living all the principles out in their life. That's not going to happen because you're always learning. I'm always learning stuff. Every time I open the Bible, every time I study the Scripture, I learn things. I, I relearn things I, I knew before. I'm reminded of them. They Im- impact me in different ways. Uh, I learn deeper truths about stuff that I already knew, and I learn new things. So you all, you're always learning. And then uh, spiritual growth also involves Scripture. You cannot grow without Scripture. It's impossible. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says to hunger, to long for the milk of the word, like newborn babies. Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, we can't grow. It, it, it's essential that we have the scripture in our lives. And I'm not talking about just a, you know, sprinkling it on our the food of our life like salt. I'm talking about feasting on the word. Letting the word be our our staple diet, you know, spiritually speaking. So spiritual growth involves scripture. So and then the final thing is spiritual growth is ultimately, ultimately God's job. It's it's not my responsibility to grow me. Now I have a part in putting myself into situations and feeding myself, but even physically feeding myself, I still don't grow me. I still don't cause the nourishment. I just put the food in my body and my body takes care of the rest of that, right? The same is true spiritually. God has commanded us to get into his word, but it's God who causes the growth. First Corinthians 3, 6 says, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. You know why? Because it's spiritual growth. And only God can cause that because it's supernatural. And only God can do that because it's godly. And that only comes from our Heavenly Father. So spiritual growth is ultimately God's responsibility, okay? So that's a little side, you know, teaching on spiritual growth. More than knowledge, more than religious talk, lifelong process, deeply involves the Scripture, and ultimately it's God's job, okay? So... Let's tackle just real quickly a couple of final of the causes of this roller coaster experience that we that we go through sometimes as believers, and we talked about the uh, dependence upon emotions. Here's here's another reason. A fourth reason is because of spiritual warfare. Hello, we're not living in a neutral universe here. We're not living in a neutral world or neutral culture. Things aren't just there's just like nothing there. There are forces, forces at work against us. And that's why Paul wrote in Ephesians about putting on the, the full armor of God that we might be able to stand against the, the schemes of the devil. And in fact, that's what he says in uh, chapter 6. He says, 
Uh, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Why? Well, here's a spiritual reality. And it's not just a spiritual reality, it's a reality, okay? Because, Paul says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know, in reality, our problem is not with the Democrats or the Republicans. It's not with abortion providers, not with Planned Parenthood, ultimately. It's not with the radical left-wing social justice movement. It's not with the radical gay rights agenda. Those are battles and those are real things, but that's not our ultimate enemy. Our ultimate enemy doesn't wear flesh and blood. Our enemy is a spiritual entity known as the devil, Satan, our adversary. And he says in verse 12, our flesh, our, me, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Whoa. We're, just, we're not just talking about just little ghosts floating around in the world. There are spiritual rulers in the world, demonic entities that are ruling that are having dominion over territories and over people and over organizations and media outlets. They're rulers. We know from Daniel that demons are territorial. Anyway, our, our struggle is, is against rulers, against the powers. And that tells us that there is a power, but they're not just like, you don't just say in the name of Jesus, I bind you, Satan. In fact, nowhere in the Bible does it command us to bind Satan. And the only time we see Satan being bound, an angel does it in Revelation and, and binds him for a thousand years during the millennial kingdom. That's the only time Satan is bound. Just because you say in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, he didn't just say, oh, no, I'm bound. I can't work now. He's still alive. He's still working. If you want to quote unquote bind Satan then do what James 4 says resist the devil and he'll flee from you draw near to God and he will draw near to you resist the devil and he'll flee from you that's how you that's how you get rid of the devil and his influence in your life at that moment for as long as you are drawing near to God but there are powers and then it says then against the world forces of this darkness world forces so Satan is not just working over there in them Muslim countries He's not just over there working in, in dark places, uh, atheistic countries or what. He's working all over the world. Then it says, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there are invisible spirits in the world today that are inciting evil and wickedness. That's their job. That's what... That's, it's not just their job. That's who they are. They can't not do that. Demons can't be nice. They can only steal, kill, and destroy and lie, just like their father, their spiritual father, the devil. So spiritual warfare, friends, that's another reason why you're up and you're down, because you're under attack. You're under spiritual attack. Sometimes that's the last thing I think about. You know, sometimes I'll think, well, gosh, you know, maybe I just need to eat a candy bar or something. Or, you know, maybe I, 
golly, the, you know, things aren't going well, the ministry and, you know, just donations are down or, you know, I'm, I'm not writing a book right now or whatever. And I, I start and or I'm experiencing this, this depressive thoughts or then suddenly I just wake up and go, wait a minute. All the thoughts I'm thinking are, are unbiblical things. These aren't even coming from me. I'm under attack. It's a spiritual warfare. You forget sometimes you're in a spiritual battle, don't you? And yet God wants us to remember that that we're in a war here between good and evil, between God's people and between and, and the spiritual forces of darkness that are out there. So don't forget you're in a battle. Spiritual warfare is a big cause of us being up and down. In Ephesians 6, beginning verse 10, and going all the way through about verse 19, I believe, 19 or 20, you can see how God wants you to, to battle that. We can talk about a, you can do a podcast, uh, some podcasts on spiritual warfare and the, the armor of God here. That's pretty cool stuff there. Anyway, and then another reason why we have these ups and downs, these spiritual ups and downs, roller coaster experiences is because, quite frankly, we have short memories. Yeah, you say, what do you mean by that, Jeff? Well, I mean, we forget. We just forget the things that God has done in us. We forget what God has done for us. For example, we forget our position in Christ. And during some of our low valleys of life, some of the things we need to remind ourselves of are the things that God taught us during the times we weren't in the valley. Now, there are things to learn in the valley, okay? Don't get me wrong. But we need to call upon the truths that we've been taught. And you know what? That's exactly what David did. You know, when you read the Psalms, David's always like talking to himself. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Or I will say to my soul, hope in the Lord. <laughs> Have you ever done that? You know, sometimes I'll say to my, Kenley, hey, what, dude, straighten up here. Or, you know, get your head right on this thing. Look up, at, look at the stars, look what God made for you. Or look at this scripture. Or look what God has done in your life. Or, you know, like the other day I was talking to my wife and I just said, you know, sometimes I forget that all these things that God has done through me. I just think of myself as, you know, I'm Jeff. That's that's just me. But, you know, people say, oh my gosh, you've, you've written over 30 books. You've traveled the world and you've done all these things. And, and I just go, oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't think about that kind of stuff. I don't, I, and I need to think about that because that's what God has done in my life. And I need to be more, be more grateful for that. But let's go a step deeper, can we, just for a second? One of the things that we have a short memory about is about our position in Christ. And I don't know of anything else that brings me more hope and help in my times in the spiritual valley and the times where the roller coaster is really just, just playing with my life is remembering my position in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, go there and read, verses 3 through 14. Romans 5, 1. You're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. You know what that means? It means you've been made righteous in his sight. Romans 8, 1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Zero. Not a drop of wrath waiting on you. And you know what? In some of your worst moments of life, when people have done you wrong and they've lied to you and forsaken you, and you may have had a horrible day at work or a horrible day at school or the people you love the most are, are not being kind or loving to you. 
And when all those things happen to you, guess what? There's one thing you can always fall back on, and that's this, is that God is not angry with you. You're not going to experience God's wrath. You're not going to go to hell if you know Jesus. In fact, the opposite is true. There's more great things prepared for you that you could possibly imagine, but that one thought will save you. Hey, we'll continue talking about this next time with the Vintage Truth Podcast. God bless. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.